Welcome to Supergirl's Attic. I'm Cycles. I'm Vivi. And this episode, we are going to rewatch and discuss the episode Midvale of Supergirl. You guys can watch the episode along with us if you would like. We will tell you when to hit play. And we also have a special guest with us today. Mm-hmm. Comicer Girl, welcome. <laughs> Hello. We're very excited to have you here with us. Oh, thank you. Because you are one of our favorite other fans of the Supergirl show. Oh. Uh, if you've seen art for Supergirl that's like really cute, it's probably comic girl. It's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Well, the cast has shared it sometimes. David actually had your space dad as his icon on Twitter for a while. He did, yes. I was very surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's great because your art is often very sort of like space fam oriented, mm. which is kind of why we thought you'd be a good fit to join us in watching Midvale, which is a very space fam plus Eliza heavy <laughs> episode. Yes, and it's one of my favorites because it's so space fam centric. So lots of Midvale art. I've got the travel poster, the Danvers and Danvers investigation shirt. I'm mm. I'm a very big fan of Midvale. <laughs> Specifically. Specifically. Like, I don't even watch Supergirl. I'm just here for Midvale. Just, specifically. just Midvale over and over again. <laughs> uh, didn't you also do like a really cool explanation of where in potentially California it could be based on the geography? Kind of. When I did the poster, mm. I specifically used Big Sur as like oh, a right, point yeah. of reference because that kind of closely matches wherever it is in Canada that they filmed. Northern California looks like that kind of. Yeah. yeah. And then people were like, oh, it's here. And it's here. And I think someone eventually got it. But that's about the extent of the meta that I've done on the location. Which is awesome. Yeah. Especially for people who aren't from the West Coast or who have never traveled beyond like the big cities of California and mm. who don't necessarily know how diverse a landscape it has. Mm-hmm was just talking recently that you can drive for a very long time and never leave the state, unlike maybe the East Coast. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so we thought we would also give you guys, listeners, a bit of a recap of season three, because this is one, because <laughs> that was a year ago. Well, almost two years ago for the start of season three. Mm. Wow. <laughs> time <laughs> wild. But if anyone has listened to our season three breakdown episode, which was our very first episode, you will remember that season three was very much about about coping and moving forward for the space family. With Kara, obviously, she sent Manel away in a pod and she sort of struggled with thinking that she had perhaps killed him. Mm. She doesn't know at this point he is alive because he hasn't come back yet. And then we also had the situation with Sai where she sort of made her see her worst fear, which was linked to her memories of being sent away in a pod and then connected that to then sending Manel, someone else, away to go live her worst fear. Mm. The start of season three gave us really nice insight into into all the different trauma that Kara's experienced that we've never heard her talk about before in the show yeah. to anyone. Like even Alex says early in the season that some of the things Kara's saying or doing are things she's never mentioned. And it also, it did a nice job of expanding Kara's grief into being not just about losing Monel, but specifically how losing him in the way that she did also triggered memories for her of her own similar kind of terrible life experience. <laughs> yeah. And some of the discussion that the creators had about this episode was that the flashback serves a role of reminding us that this is not Carr's first loss and she has these issues of abandonment feelings. And then, of course, what triggers this episode is that Alex has just split up with Maggie after deciding that she does want children and Maggie does not want children. So Yeah, they had to call off their wedding after they'd already thrown the shower. It was very difficult and on its own level traumatic for Alex in the same way that Carr is kind of dealing with something very difficult and very personal. Yes. 
And then the other thing to keep in mind, just as something that's happening in the background, as far as like Space Fam is concerned, is Jean's big storyline for the season is he finds out that his dad is alive, which is a huge deal on his own for him thinking he's the last living green Martian. But it's also kind of a sneaky foreshadow for what up until this point, Kara has thought are dreams of her mother who is dead. And then we find out later in the season, she is also alive. But this is relevant just to keep in your mind because of something Jean does in the Midvale episode mm. Yes, that connects to Kara and her relationship to her mother and her culture. Indeed. And then the other thing also with why this episode was so flashback heavy in a way that was really a novelty, but also really fun for fans, was that Melissa Benoist and Kyler Lee were both heavily involved in the crossover that season. And so they were busy filming that. So they used this Midvale episode as a way to give those actors a break and have more time to film the other stuff while still having an episode that was very focused on them and their relationships to each other, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you've decided you want to watch along with us, we're about to hit play and this does have the previously on. So if you're using something that will let you skip those, it'll throw you off a little bit. Um, <laughs> all right. Three, two, one, play. And now you see what we just discussed. (laughs) (laughs) All you need to know. And here we have this uh, nice song. If anyone has listened to the Sound of Supergirl episode, we talk about songs that they use in season three. Yeah. And it's funny you said that because I was thinking about this too. This episode in particular did a nice job of choosing songs that were appropriate to like the flashbacks and the present day and also supported Mm. the plot and the character issues going on now entering midvale <laughs> i also love their facial reactions there because car is trying to like sort of be nice and alex is not having it <laughs> she's like no or you should see that as a sign of how this is going to go <laughs> right that, that whole walk is just like i don't want to be here <laughs> <laughs> It's so like frustrated adolescent. <laughs> and we have best science mom. Yeah. Yes. I love this shot, but it also reminds you of how much more Melissa yeah. looks like Helen Slater because they were both cast to play Supergirl up here. <laughs> Every time she does that. <laughs> Every time she does that, I'm like, no, you're gonna get straight on the river. I do that all the time, to be fair. <laughs> I could not live with oh, you. No. <laughs> Oh. And here they have the same aesthetic going on, which is hilarious. Car likes soft things. The cozy sweaters. Yes. And so did Red Daughter, although she wasn't allowed to have them. (laughs) But I like to think that Eliza is the one who gave Car the space to like soft things, (laughs) symbolically and literally. That was a sneak attack that just happened. (laughs) I love it. That kind of reminds me of what you say about like 
Danvers sister that you're looking at at the time oh, is the one you're yeah. <laughs> worried about the most of the situation. They're both my favorite, but whichever one is in front of me is the one I'm concerned about. <laughs> sure. See, she knows not to argue with Kara. You just wear her down slowly with love. Alex and Eliza have a knowledge. <laughs> that resigned. Okay, I yeah. can see your mind is made up, but just in case yeah. you change your mind. I like this here for Kara because she's in this weird space where she still feels like detached, but she's not quite as like dramatically acting on an interpersonal level as she was at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. It's like a softer resignation. And you won't gain any weight, Kara. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'm like smiling right now. That lean in. <laughs> this whole scene is beautifully done. Mm. I love mean Alex. <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> it's so funny because Car is my favorite character. <laughs> but I just love watching Kyler act as Alex and that sort of energy. That very like sisterly like <laughs> that always cracks me up every time when she like slams into the bed. And I'm like, oh yeah. god, I've lived that life. So yeah. Same. But I also do like when we see kind of like those glimpses of meaner Alex because she tends to say things Gara needs to hear sometimes. <laughs> in the meanest way. And it's delivered like in that way only a sibling can do. <laughs> So I, I'm really into like set dressing and stuff. Like I, I loved uh -huh. in season one when uh, they visited the set and people posted like photos of Kara's room and stuff. Mm. And so, you know, like a totally normal thing. I kind of like frame by frame went through the like the background <laughs> shots of their room. And I think they've got like a couple of art books on the bookshelf. Oh, so I was like, oh, for 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 Kara, for Kara, yeah, nice for Kara, yeah, Kara, and her in her apartment she has the paints and mm -hmm. pastels and such. I also really appreciate, okay, book. first of all, the Cat Grant <laughs> book, but also in Kara and Alex's room in the flashbacks, if you see above Kara's bed, she has a dream catcher, mm -hmm. which alludes to kind of like the sleep issues she'd been yes. talking about in the early parts of the season. It's interesting because dreams has been a recurring theme since season three. Mm -hmm. Oh, her line delivery on that was so good. <laughs> These two are so good. I love her face. All right, this is like the most relatable scene ever <laughs> coming up. 
and sit down. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny to see her here really not want to be normal and contrasted with season one. Yeah. And she's like, I just want to be normal. Ah, the the start of all the conflict that we see in season one. So the fact that they were in the same history class, like, mystified people, but, like, my AP classes were open to 10th through 12th graders. Yeah. Also, this is, like, a basic fact that even children should know. Should have just stuck with Washington and let it go, Kara. <laughs> he was just waiting for her, to be fair. Well, but if she had just said the last name with uh, confidence. Retrospectively, that's such a gross moment when he says that okay, to the student yeah. that he's been having the, like... Affair with, yeah. Yeah. And Alex is that kid who writes too much information that's not relevant to the question on her essays. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I, like Kara, was watching Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. She doesn't even use her legs. Like, talk about not blending in. Oh, this part. (laughs) (laughs) She does that lean in in the scene earlier in the episode. When she, like, leans in to give the final blow in that conversation as adult Alex. Oh, yeah. True. That was totally taken from uh, something Kyler said at a (laughs) Comic-Con. That joke about the Superman with the underwear. Kara's entire high school experience is my high school experience. (laughs) (laughs) I, too, (laughs) like Superman. As did I. Better than Batman. (laughs) Speaking of Brandon Routh, who is on my wall on a poster. (laughs) Oh, Kenny! <laughs> oh, Alex. oh Alex your mom was right you are a terrible liar sometimes <laughs> at least Vicky was also willing to stand up to bullies <laughs> I have some respect for Alex there and that we call a red herring. Yep. <laughs> Subtle, Kara. Actually, for, for her only being uh, like a kid, that was actually smooth. <laughs> yeah, people, we laugh because like it's so obvious to us that she just did that. But uh. I appreciate that she continues to make space jokes occasionally. Because <laughs> she did that in season one, too, remember, with the uh, sticky bugs? Oh, yeah. Yes. How do you eat so many? I'm an alien. Car is like very open, <laughs> which can sometimes get her in trouble. It stresses Alex out, honestly. <laughs> yes. Who's allowed out at 10 o'clock on a school night? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's my inner adult coming out there. 
<laughs> I, oh, didn't, did she sneak out? No, Eliza said she was working late. I wonder if she's even, she'd probably be back by 10 o'clock. Cara, do you even need a telescope to see that? Real question. <laughs> when your eyes can do the same thing. <laughs> right. That's another question I have later on about, can she actually see Krypton when they refer to it? Hmm. I also appreciate how she humored him when he said he didn't want to bog her down in the technical details. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> One of my favorite oh. deliveries from her in the episode where she's like wistful kind yes. of <laughs> resigned, but also like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> look, Kara actually recognized that he liked Aww. her. How exciting. Well, this is a big clue. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. And again with the nice <laughs> music. That's kind of something she echoes in the flashback we just saw um, in season four, mm. where she felt like nobody but Alex got her. Mm. Yeah. Which is obviously not really the case at this point. Well, other thing I like in that scene was that she did the little shoulder bump, and that shows you just how good she's gotten mm. with her powers. Yeah. Hello, security officer, Alex Danvers. <laughs> <laughs> she's like just waiting. One of the scenes that was cut from season three was in this episode, I think the what was it a sheriff mm. talked to Kara about how she was like always interested in what was going on so Ooh. no harsh alex you're not worth it and then think about alex in season 4 <laughs> <laughs> They have come so far. It's funny because at that point, she didn't know that his disappearance had anything to do with Kara, but she still was like, hmm. I will blame yeah. you because, well, didn't she know that her dad took the new job because of the people coming to the house? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was uh, hmm. ever revealed. Yeah, we don't know, actually, if the if the kids knew about that because they were told not to eavesdrop, but hmm. Although I do wonder if she would not have just blamed herself in that case because she feels this responsibility over Kara's actions and like both of them went out to fly together True. and that's what yeah. they can come to the house. Ooh, that would actually then make the way that she reacts to Kara in this episode even more interesting. Mm. In terms of her like secretly feeling. If like she also feels partly guilty. Yeah. yeah. And then kind of lashing out. Yeah. Projecting. I mean, she does that when she's upset. That's Alex's thing. And this was the moment where we were like, oh, so terrible things always happen to Kara. Yeah. <laughs> the people around her. Yeah. This was one of the parts where, like, one of the reviews suggested that this maybe was a weird choice of story because, like, it's a fairly small town and no one was concerned that this kid was the gun town in the woods. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, they went from letting their kids out at 10 to... <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's dead. 
This is actually kind of an interesting inverse of what we see in one of the earlier flashbacks with Kara, where she is overstimulated, Mm -hmm. whereas here she's very tunnel vision and everything's like literally blurred in the background. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's also interesting because like she and Alex are having a totally different conversation than anyone else thinks they are Mm -hmm. because of the level of grief that Kara has experienced. Yeah. And that's why um, this was a wise choice in terms of connecting mm. Kenny's death to Kara, present day, her experience. Mm. <laughs> How does she not get Kara. an amazing <laughs> reputation for being able to beat up a football player? Like, seriously. <laughs> It's already 2007. <laughs> Other girls would be like, you're a beast to be my friend. <laughs> like, you're a beast to be my friend. <laughs> oh. Look, okay, when I was in gym class in high school, we had fun taking the boys' egos down a peg or two in hockey. <laughs> it was great. This part is also so interesting when you get Kara's explanation about how important it is to say what you need to say mm. to people. Oh. Yeah. It also kind of demonstrates that as like socially awkward as Kara can be, she's very emotionally intelligent, even this young, mm-hmm. in terms of like being willing to reach out to them on an emotional level and not being like, this is an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Or your loss and grief is so big that how do I handle this as a kid? She's like, let me jump into the situation both emotionally and wants to solve the murder mm-hmm. why does he sound so like down home folksy <laughs> this is less obvious of a like suspicion thing if they had kept in the scene where he was like you guys got to stay out of our uh, business. <laughs> oh, this is one of my favorite scenes, too. <laughs> it's a good one. It is. Oh, yeah. You reference it literally all the time. <laughs> I do, because it's so great. <laughs> Like, number one, the staging of it with Alex's duck being delayed, because it would be. And number two, her just casual irritation at the fact that Kara almost zapped her to death. Like, normal people would be scared. Alex is just minorly inconvenienced. Like, I mean, how many other times has that happened? <laughs> or similar things with um, exactly. Kara breaking lamps. Oh. <laughs> breaking, breaking everything. Oh. Aww. 
night vision. <laughs> yeah, but it's also interesting how used to not using her powers Kara is because she doesn't even initially think to use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the time, even when we see her as like in the season one flashbacks of her as an adult, like being interviewed with Kat, she totally does exactly what Monel accuses her of in season two, which is use her powers to accomplish mundane things quickly and get advantages. <laughs> well, we get the impression that she hadn't really been doing that until the pilot episode because she was mm-hmm. like, oh, my coffee's hot, <laughs> which is different. So it seems like maybe that kicked in. It's like less dubious if she is doing it to cover up the fact that she's a superhero (laughs) as opposed to like just. Well, but she did it when she went to apply for when she went to her interview with Kat. Right with the pen, right? True. And to check and she saw the prescription bottles and like all those other different things. That's. Technically, True. again, Kara well, in breaking of, boundaries. In terms of it being like a regular thing that she does. Um, yeah, no. Kara, <laughs> sports are dumb. We've got bigger fish. <laughs> That's a fun allusion to Alex's <laughs> punk rock face. Edgy. Car's like, what does that mean? Ew. I also appreciate that their faces are just near each other. Yes, and I also really appreciate this scene for calling that out as statutory rape, which mm-hmm. it is, because... Even maybe five years ago, it'd be a question of whether or not a show would really do that. Even I probably now. <laughs> yeah. It is getting less, like, cool, I think. But... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that it is cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's getting less socially acceptable to portray it as cool. I didn't mean it's, like, coming out of style. <laughs> I meant that people are recognizing <laughs> that it's not cool. <laughs> yikes yeah i love that alex's face is full of yike and part of that is because it's horribly illegal but part of it is also like her inner closeted gay Mm -hmm. (laughs) it helps that they look like their age Mm -hmm. yes not played by like 25 year olds yes the girls who play them are actually pretty close to the ages that they are in the uh, flashbacks. Mm-hmm. This is actually really interesting because this happened in my hometown. Actually, it was mm-hmm. on the news. The English teacher got fired because he'd been having affairs with people at around these years, actually. Mm -hmm. And some of the girls who were involved at the time didn't realize until later, like, oh, this was wildly inappropriate. And then finally came forward because it had been going on for a long time. So the way they set that conflict up was actually very accurate and very interesting in how they portrayed it. Mm -hmm.
<laughs> Quite the compliment. Oh, yes. Right? One of many <laughs> high places that I'll fall off of. <laughs> right? So I cannot wait until Kelly gets her hands on how many crazy <laughs> traumatic experiences have happened to Alex. She just falls off <laughs> dangerous things all the time and is never concerned. Oh, mom hug. Dual hug. <laughs> and... <laughs> Really morally questionable. (laughs) Well, the thing about this that's also kind of weird is like this was the first episode where we saw the new recast. No, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, we saw her briefly. Yeah. But most people were like, who is that? (laughs) I hope that she yells, mom. (laughs) Well, yes. John. Yes, you do. John. (laughs) Get away with this. Like. Oh, Space Dad. Your intentions are good, but your decisions are questionable. Yeah, it's so interesting to me the ways he tries to like manipulate people into doing what he thinks is best for them. It's also interesting knowing that he did this kind of thing in flashbacks because it's like a weird fairy godmother type of thing, but also minorly like malicious. <laughs> We also talk about before how he has to rely on like more external interpersonal things like and this manipulation rather than being able to read her mind. Mm. I also like this as a contrast to the fact that Jean and Kara do actually talk about her parents. Mm. But her face right there was like really interesting in terms of portraying mm. that sort of recognition that, oh, I don't have the handle on this that I thought I did in Jean's mind. Mm. That's such a good conversation in light of what they did with Red Daughter. Mm. Mm. And this is sort of the turning point where he kind of actually makes a connection with her. Mm Mm-hmm. Love I did that acting. acting choice a mm-hmm. lot. Yes. Because we know Jean can speak Kryptonian. It's so subtle when you can see the like hurt on Jean's face, but also recognize that she wouldn't necessarily see it. So it's a great move. Yeah. I thought she was so 
like charming <laughs> in this role of like not Jean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fake FBI investigator. I, w- I would like to see more of her as Alora. Mm. Yes. Just really get some time with her as a character. I also like the way they show the connection between the past and the present by having him in the same car. Mm-hmm. I also want to know how long he's been on Earth because that car is from like the 50s <laughs> or well in, in the States. I always think about when he like smiles when he sits down then and I like sort of thought about it. Like, what was he thinking there? And I'm kind of mm. that it just makes me happy on a space fam level <laughs> where he kind of has that connection with her. He's like, she's a good girl. (laughs) She'll be okay. I've just adopted her in my brain. (laughs) And then it makes his season one grumpiness kind of funny. Yeah. Right? He's like, oh, I remember when you were a kid. (laughs) (laughs) And also makes his line about being hard for him to picture her being a teenager. (laughs) She mentions yelling at Eliza. Ooh, the way she just put her glasses on there right before Alex walked in reminds me of the scene from, um, is it 411? When she's sitting on her couch and she goes to put them on. Ah, yes. Yeah. The way it was blocked, it looks very similar. Mm -hmm. Someone finally (laughs) gets through to Kara and then (laughs) Alex talks her out of it. Oh. This is why I love the fact that Jean approaches Alex later. <laughs> it's like he's realized he needs to tag team them. <laughs> it's also interesting she makes this decision because she's decided that she does want this family. Yeah. And then it kind of puts a little bit of a rift and some anger between them, mm. which is funny. More ironic. Another fun bit of set dressing. You can't really see it in that scene, but there's like a giraffe above her bed and it says stand tall. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> it's like she would have those like inspirational animal posters and stuff. <sighs> animal posters. And you're like, well, that's him. That's the murderer. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. I think I've talked about this before, but I really like the way it emphasizes that Alex will trust in systems and authority mm. until the point when they mm. fail her. And then she gets card question. <laughs> and then all bets are off. Then it's team up for the Danver sisters. And we have the email from Chloe. The Smallville nod there. Yes. Cute foreshadow. Do you ever think of going into law <laughs> enforcement? Yeah. It's great because we see, like, Cora, the investigative reporter, a little bit. and Yep. I appreciate that she's already tipped off <laughs> to the fact that it's sketchy and surveilling her surroundings. <laughs> Taking stock, you know. Exactly. Looking for escape routes. Mm-hmm. Smart girl. I 
I appreciate that reaction being as PG appropriate and extreme word choice as they could get. Well, I also feel like it's very Cora. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Except maybe in Kryptonian. Oh, razor. is that a razor flip phone? Oh my yeah. god. Oh boy. <laughs> I wonder if she's like ever had trouble not breaking cell phones. Probably. So, uh, <laughs> add this to the list of things Alex needs therapy for. <laughs> the ever growing list. This episode is actually just evidence to present to Kelly for <laughs> Alex and Cara, Cara like- to get them referrals. <laughs> Through the DEO, like they need <laughs> therapy. Coming to get you. <laughs> She's like a little bit like, I've already won. <laughs> Both of these actors do such a good job of capturing the energy of the adult versions of themselves. Yeah. They're so good. Their mannerisms are actually really nice. Yeah. As well. Yeah. They clearly put in a decent amount of time, like, researching and talking potentially to the actors about, like, what Mm -hmm. to do with certain things. There's, like, I I don't know how to describe it, but there's something that Kyler does, like, with her mouth, like, teeth-wise, that the younger actress also is able to, like, capture the same energy. It's very, it's very good. Yeah, like the little lip snarl kind of thing. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> the attacking otter face. Is it like when she just- <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this part? like Yeah, like all through here. Yeah, or like when she does the you're mm-hmm, pathetic. That, yes. That's actually a match with something, a line Alex has from season one. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't you be really creeped out if a kid started saying that like somebody was listening like circa 10 years ago when surveillance technology didn't exist? Like, Wouldn't you be more creeped out if, if it were happening now? <laughs> like I'd be a little disturbed. I like that that rock conveniently hit him this in the head. This is actually a very Smallville moment and <laughs> how someone's like magically knocked out. <laughs> and not killed or <laughs> or bleeding. That happened to Lois Lane literally all the time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I should see a doctor. And yeah. I don't even check on him. Like, <laughs> Well done. Oh, oh no. Oh, Alex got uncool, and so that's what really... Yeah, but it's a little weird that her supposed best friend doesn't even look at her when she just walked by right there. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) This is very reminds me of Mean Girls when it's like everyone stares and leaves. They'll both go in the bathroom to eat their food. Please appreciate the detail of the different amounts of food on their plates, by the way. Oh, I like that. Oh, and I also like the detail that Kara is wearing her mother's necklace. Mm. Mm. Which is something that Kara doesn't have in present time at this point. True. By this point in season three, yeah. yeah. So has Kara kept that picture? Oh, well, she should put it oh. next to the um, super The one that James one. did. 
Yeah. The blur in the sky. Yeah. This was also a very like telling moment in terms of Car and the way that she thinks. And like, she's like, one person <laughs> really liked everything about me. And then he died and her. Oh, yeah. And you think about how that factors into her fears. Mm. Yeah. Well, she's like, at this point, she makes the decision to think positively about it. True. Well, I can have those connections. There's proof that this is possible. Yeah. Even though I lost this one person, which is obviously something we see happen later on, continue to occur. And it gets harder for her to be optimistic. The I'd rather be human than lose you really ties in a lot to season four with why Kara is so upset when they do the mind wipe thing. Mm-hmm. Aww. <laughs> Aww. We like each other again. See, Alex, mm. she included you. <laughs> yeah, but she was the second one to get a hug. <laughs> oh. Right. That's definitely an Alex way of reading that. <laughs> to be fair, uh, the car was closer to Kenny. <laughs> True. I really like their bedspreads. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just say it very happily. No. (laughs) Turnover. (laughs) Right. What I like about this shot is that I feel like I've watched an entire series in Midvale (laughs) and that I'm like nostalgic for this place that I've just seen in this episode for the first Mm. time. Yeah. Oh, what is that poster on the ceiling? A dog? (laughs) No, on the that was on the wall. And suddenly it's grown up Alex, who's apparently a little too tall for her bed. (laughs) Tad. She can only sleep in that one, though. It's like I had a dream about our past. (laughs) You know, (laughs) as you do. Yeah, that that line ties it in. The reason for the episode in terms of Kara's arc. Mm. Mm. That it doesn't get easier to lose people. (gasps) Here's the theme. Oh, their music theme? What's it called? Uh, Having a good sister. Is that really what it's called? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's the first time we hear it and we hear it in the season more. I really like the way they did the kind of natural makeup in this scene, Mm. too. Mm The Dampers sisters. Oh. 
this makes that scene where Alex confronts Kara when they're waiting for James in the hospital <laughs> hurt so good. Hi. <laughs> uh. See? Even Kara knows Eliza's the best Kara's favorite food in a box. Plaid mm. twins today. <laughs> I say this occasionally when we rewatch like the family episodes, but like how soothing of a day of work do you think it is <laughs> when they, when they know they have the guests coming in? <laughs> we had a discussion before this episode, you and I, Vivi, about like who was the more reckless driver. Mm. Mm. And I said, Alex, <laughs> but car could still be a worse driver. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because there's more stimuli that might distract her. Yeah. So, like, I feel like she wouldn't be, like, going fast and, like. <laughs> I want to know if Jean's magic Martian car can, like, choose the music based on your mood when you turn it on. These are the real questions. Does it have telepathy? Can it choose songs for you? <laughs> That's what they need to ask at cons. <laughs> I also appreciate that they sort of don't know the words, but like they recognize the song because that definitely is a relatable, like, oh, nostalgia from when you were young moment. It kind of reads a little bit like Kyler and Melissa. <laughs> Just goofing around yeah. and being like, well, we don't know what song is playing because they're adding it in post. Yay. <laughs> All right. It is over. Yes. Oh, so good. <laughs> That's such a fun episode. And it was such a nice break to have actually at that point in the season because the front five episodes were very emotionally heavy. Mm -hmm. They sure were. For both Carr and Alex. So this was a breather for you as an audience member as well as for the characters. Well, but it also contained some more traumatic elements. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it was like you knew things were okay because it was a flashback and like. And yeah, there was a bit of like catharsis and. <laughs> like obviously they overcame that mm -hmm. because they're alive in the present right <laughs> and their relationship is good <laughs> that sort of brings us to our post episode discussion yeah one mm. of the concepts i wanted to talk about was whether or not this episode counts as filler which is sort of a criticism people have for the episode if i recall correctly i should specify <laughs> five people were specifically talking about this one review that the av club did i was very sad <laughs> with the grade it got <laughs> see it wasn't just me yeah but that's a very good question was this episode filler or not and what was the purpose of it because there were people who missed the point of why it exists and why it filled in some of the gaps on Kara's earlier experiences on earth and some of Kara's dynamic with alex which like, we reference this episode a lot mm. in talking about constantly their dynamic mm. with each other and how it has affected the present and like on a meta standpoint and thinking about the makeup of the characters it provided a lot of little bits of information that are useful in understanding the characters which if it were a filler episode, that's kind of the purpose of filler episodes, just to see the characters in a new situation while there's not a big plot thing happening. Maybe kind of gives you in a good episode, I think, the opportunity to explore the characters in a different way. But it connects very directly to the arcs of the main characters. So I don't think it can count as filler mm -hmm. in this case, even though it's not related to like the villains, like Rain, for instance, that doesn't necessarily make it filler. 
it's more related to the emotional arc that the characters go on. I mean, yeah, I agree with you on that. But I also think people sometimes, particularly fans, see the word filler as kind of pejorative mm-hmm. because there's this idea that, oh, it's filler. It doesn't add any value necessarily to the story. And this absolutely adds mm-hmm. a lot of value to the story. Well, that was why I sort of clarified the definition of yeah, it's not technically filler, filler. and like what it yeah. can do in terms of the characters. But just I think in this case, because of how it relates to their arcs and like moves their relationship forward, it moves forward the plot on an emotional level. So I don't think it can count as filler, even though if it were filler, it would not detract from the value of the episode. Yeah, well, and also in terms of it relating to plot, it does a little bit of setting up for Kara and Alex in the Earth X crossover, Hmm. because really the main focus of their stuff was them trying to get back to each other and help each other Mm. because they were separated by the bad guys in that one. Yeah, cool. Do you guys have a favorite scene in the episode? I'm curious. I mean, clearly mine is Kara accidentally zapping her heat vision. <laughs> I should have known. So that's up there. <laughs> How about you? Oh, man. I, oh, it's so hard. I feel like it's a cop out to say like the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the scene, even though Jean's actions are questionable. <laughs> I do love that whole scene. I think it's acted really well. And it's just heartbreaking to see Kara. Mm. So sad. But, you know, it's like a good heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like, oh, the angst. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We here at Supergirl's Attic understand that. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that that scene. And the spoken Kryptonian. I always like a, a good spoken Kryptonian. So It was really nicely used, spoken mm-hmm. Kryptonian. It's really clever of them to do that. Yeah, well, and season three brought it in a lot more than even season two because it dealt so heavily with Kara and reconciling her past mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. cultural values that she brought from mm-hmm. Krypton. Yeah. And I think my favorite scene is a tie between your scene, Comica Girl, and Mm. the scene with Eliza and Kara. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It was just seeing their dynamic on a level I'm not sure that we've seen before. Mm -mm, No, not really. It was kind of like a spiritual follow-up to Alex and Eliza's couch scene from season one. Yeah. And now that you say that, I also really liked that scene. And I also like the adult Kara and Alex scene Mm. that leads into the flashback. Yes. Mm, Yes. Because that one was a lot of very nice... Mm -hmm. Acting. Acting. (laughs) It's so nice when the show just stills the plot for a moment and lets their actors act because they have such Mm. talented actors. Yeah. So when they give them room to really kind of explore the emotional depths of the characters, Mm -hmm. it always brings out like such great Mm. stuff. Just give them a bit of room to play with the dynamic in some way. And it's a lot of fun. So for Comic Girl, as someone who's very visually oriented, Mm. you mentioned appreciating some of the set details and stuff. Mm -hmm. So what really strikes you in particular with this episode or in the series in general? Like, what are your favorite ways that they present things? Uh, Well, like I said, I really appreciate just like the background detail that they're able to kind of like sneak in that sort of enhances character stuff. Mm. Like, I really like looking at the personal spaces that they set up for each character, particularly like Kara's loft is really great. Alex didn't have a home (laughs) until later in the show so it's kind of harder to get a good grip on hers but she's got like a mantle full of like family photos so that kind of speaks to her whole thing right yeah Yeah. i had talked about it with i think it was 
Ultranas who guested with us last year about what Alex's apartment would look like. Mm-hmm. We were right on the color palette too, which was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like it would need to be something kind of soothing because Alex as a character <laughs> is always kind of like <laughs> really intense about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also if you look at like what she wears, mm-hmm. it kind of. Yeah, it suits that as well. And it's also, it's very organized. Mm-hmm. It kind of reflects like how she thinks in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like everything is very put away and like put together. Mm-hmm. And Kara's is much more, I don't want to say artsy, but it is. Like it's it's got like a comfortable amount of like clutter and like things around. She's got an old typewriter, so it's like it's like super (laughs) artsy and (laughs) hipster. But it's also pretty neat. She mentioned (laughs) liking cleaning up, (laughs) tidying things. But Red Daughter didn't feel (laughs) like it was. (laughs) And we've also talked a lot about how Kara has an open floor plan, which makes sense in terms of her history of claustrophobia. Mm -hmm. Little touches like that are always nice, and it was cool to see their room for the first time that they shared. Right. If you look at old posts speculating about their childhood, sometimes they have separate rooms and sometimes they're together. And we got to see. The other cool thing with the set in the Danvers household was, so in season one, we got some cool things too, because there was like that wall of photos Mm -hmm. of like little Alex and then Kara being integrated in, which was really cute. Mm -hmm. And then in this one, similarly, like when you see them having breakfast and then towards the end of the episode where you see like the focus that ends up being on the picture of the three of them together, there's also some really cool images in the background like there's Eliza giving like a lecture at a university and Alex and Cara's school pictures where they're like all awkward with like the aqua blue background that's so typical and it's just like that kind of stuff is always fun too with seeing like what things the set dressers use to bring out the characters and support the story in very subtle ways. Mm -hmm. Their portrayal of that time period was really strong I think Mm -hmm. in terms of like set and like we even talked about the razor phones. Mm -hmm. The costuming too. Yes. 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 The music was a nice touch so they did a pretty good job on an emotional and uh, technical level and we always love to see any more Danvers family content we can get is always nice yes and with Space Dad thrown in which was great so I think we brought this up in our episode on Jean Jones as a character but he has done this thing now to both Kara and Alex where he's impersonated their deceased parent Mm -hmm. to kind of emotionally manipulate them and well Jeremiah I wasn't deceased at the time but well at the moment but like the whole reason Alex has that really strong emotional connection there is because he died and she idealized him so much after the fact especially every time things were difficult with her mom well also think about when he shapeshifted into a white Martian with his father oh yeah to scare Marin into telling them <laughs> things yeah which was after he had said to Alex they had made the agreement not to do the wrong things for the right reasons hmm. uh, yeah, so Jean's methods of getting people to behave are, I'm like, is this a normal thing that Green Martians did to their kids? Like, what right. is happening? Which is, it's kind of a nice setup in terms of season four for Jean and his moral dilemmas. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for Jean and his moral dilemmas. And then also specifically the scene where he and Alex close out Suspicious Minds together Mm. with him doing that after they have that discussion in season two about like, let's not hurt each other anymore. (laughs) And then you have this discussion early in season four about how Jean's powers can be considered harmful to people affecting their minds. And then that kind of closes with Alex actively asking him to do something like that. Yeah. Which... 
I love their relationship, man. <laughs> it's good. So I don't know. I mean, it's always so hard to say like where they pull from or even if they pull it all. But I know in like specifically the cartoon Young Justice, Jean doesn't feature prominently, but Magan does. And he does say, I think in one of the earlier episodes that it's not taboo to shapeshift into like other people and deceive them. It's like a game that they play as young Martians, like shapeshifting. They don't really think of it as like a deceitful thing. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. I'd have to go back and watch it to be like 100% sure. But Magan like does something that the teammates don't like. And he's like, oh, you have to understand it's not that way on Mars. Mm, that is interesting. I mean, we've talked before about how Jean, both as a Martian who their culture was very different in terms of mind reading, and it was like something that they would often do and something that even thinking about America specifically, I do not think that people would be as cool with that <laughs> as a very individualistic society, but also in terms of his powers in general, especially as somebody who didn't have other people around him who knew what he was going through and who he was and what powers he had and what he was doing for the longest time. Kind of that isolated existence and not having those checks and balances through those interactions to affect how he makes these decisions, particularly in an episode like Midvale. Mm. The other thing, actually, Comica Girl, that makes it interesting that you brought this up is knowing one of the things they teased about where Jean's story is going to go for season five. Right, right, yes. Because, well, we got the tease at the end of season four that there's another Martian and it's Jean's brother, apparently. Mm -hmm. And the showrunners did tease that he will actually be taking the form of many different people throughout his run in season five. Mm -hmm. And the actor that they cast is mostly going to do the voice. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting with your comment about <laughs> my, my cartoon contribution. Martian's <laughs> making a game out of doing that and being like, can you tell it's me? Well, David said that the other cast members may play oh, his brother. And that may come. That would play. be so cool. <laughs> in trying to impersonate maybe some a part of the space fam or super family. Mm -hmm. So the tables might get turned on mm -hmm. him a little bit after he's been emotionally manipulating both Kara and Alex. <laughs> you know. Maybe it'll finally come out <laughs> that he did that in the first place. Oh. Yeah. In, in this episode in particular, because Kara still presumably does not know. <laughs> that would be an interesting conversation. <laughs> Actually, this isn't the first time that we've seen Martians do that. Remember in season two when the white Martians kidnap both Alex and Wynn? Yeah. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah. And they do a fairly convincing job, actually, because they can access the mind of whoever they're right. pretending to be. Hmm. Which then makes me wonder how Jean pulled off being Henshaw if he thought he was dead. <laughs> well, it, it might not be the same for green Martians. Who mm. is to say? True, but I'm still kind of wondering. <laughs> well, they knocked them out and then we're doing it that way maybe you can just shape shift without having access to mm. memories well yeah but then how would he have convincingly lasted that long at the deo i have many questions about that whole situation no i want to know <laughs> he can read other people's minds to get an edge in that way oh that's true that is true that also reminds me of like a thing that went somewhat unexplored in season four what things did jean approve mm -hmm. while head of the deo yeah mm. like i would have been really interested in seeing an exploration of either car or alex or both of them kind of exploring his feelings about making some of those choices because yeah. he's obviously in the years since working with Kara and more embracing himself as an alien and as the martian manhunter before he left the deo he was making a lot of reform to it in terms of the way they treated aliens and things like that so yeah although he 
if we recall, like even when he yeah. was an al- alien, had mm. some reservations about other aliens. Well, he's more conservative in some ways than Kara is, mm-hmm. but that also reflects age and experience as well. Mm-hmm. You tend to want to, you know, maintain what you have <laughs> the older you get because you're more afraid of risk. Well, that's kind of the place that Jean was coming from in this episode and his advice to Kara and being like, you can still lose mm-hmm. so much and kind of connects back to his experiences, of course, uh, Green Martian who lost everyone. The timing of it's also interesting because it's fairly soon after Jeremiah has died. Mm, So we know then, obviously, he's been making good on his promise. So Mm -hmm. there's room to explore other times, maybe, that he did that over the years. Yeah. Well, we thought while we had you here, Comic Con Girl, we would touch Uh on some other San Diego Comic Con news that we got about season five of Supergirl. Of course, we have the announcement that Makad Brooks is leaving the show. He'll be developing a new project that he's apparently very passionate about. He said some very moving stuff during the Supergirl panel that was sort of similar to what he talked about when you got to ask him a question in Philadelphia at the Comic-Con there. Yes. In terms of what it's meant to him to play that role and represent Black men and superheroes in the way that he has. And the way he spoke about it at SCCC was just incredibly touching. And Mm. it was also really lovely the way the whole cast, like, A, started to cry. (laughs) They got up and just hugged him in the middle of the panel mm-hmm. yep. so that will be an interesting shift because he was really in there to ground the show in the world of the superman mm-hmm. and supergirl mm-hmm. stories so in a way it's cool that they've kind of grown beyond the need to do that mm-hmm. but i will be sad yes gonna miss james Olson. Mm-hmm. he talked about how james is gonna have a very gracious exit and like it makes sense for his storyline and that they're not going to like kill him off or anything and that he can return in the future so and then he did make a joke about how I think if it worked out that Jeremy was back when David was filming, he'd he'd make time to come for that. Speaking of the possibility of returning, yeah, we had the news that Jeremy Jordan is returning in the second half of the season for an arc of some sort. So three episodes he'd said, I think, on Instagram. And apparently it's a really great twist of a storyline, so mm-hmm. perhaps not the most expected. I wonder if he's actually going to be returning from the future or if this is going to connect to the shapeshifting mm-hmm. <laughs> or both. Or the crossover could affect things, of course, is something we have to consider. And we also have the news that Melissa is going to direct an episode this season for the first time. Yes. Which is awesome. Very cool. Apparently they're only allowed to have one new actor director per season. So David is also going to direct because he directed one last season. And Kyler, she's also interested in it, will presumably direct in season six. Yeah, that's actually really cool. And for a show like that, it's actually really awesome that the production team is so open to letting the actors get that experience, particularly for the women and the men of color who are in the cast, because it's hard to come by those opportunities elsewhere. So that part of it is fantastic. And it's great that WB has started launching an Mm -hmm. initiative to kind of get that to happen. But on top of it, it's also just really great because I think Katie McGraw explained in one of the interviews they did maybe with MTV, how not only is it really special for the person who's directing, but the whole cast gets really excited about it too, because it's somebody that they know really well, but who also just understands all the characters Mm -hmm. on a really intuitive level and can give you kind of some nuanced suggestions about things because they understand a lot of the character dynamics in a different kind of way than maybe another director who comes in who directs like all of the Arrowverse shows. Or who just comes Mm -hmm. in for one episode of Supergirl, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Although they all love working with Kevin Smith, Mm -hmm. I think because he was also like a huge fan of the show. And so he's as into it as, you know, any of the rest of us are. Apparently has like um, a fun, positive 
energy and tries to... I think he brings prizes for everyone too. <laughs> it's, it's like the adult version of like a toddler sticker chart. <laughs> and let's see, other casting-y type things we found out is Jesse Rath, who plays Brainy, mentioned that his sister is going to be a guest in one episode to play a female Brainiac 5. Yes. The question is sort of whether or not she's literally going to play Brainy or if she's like a family member. Mm. So, mm. But that's also very interesting because in the trailer that they premiered at SDCC, they intentionally included old clips of Indigo as mm. part of the Brainiac clan. So I think they we're getting some hints that there will be more of all of that stuff coming into play because that also Brainy resetting was part of the uh, finale as well. So that should be cool. Yeah. And then we also have some new casting news. Julie Gonzalo will be playing Andrea Rojas, who in the comics is a superhero called Akrata. She's going to be the new head of Kako, and she owns Obsidian Tech, tying <laughs> into their new theme of the season, which is how technology affects society. So she's the new head of Kako and the head of a company called Obsidian Technology. Is she coming in as like a level below Lena, or is um, she a competitor? I heard places that she may buy Kako and that maybe Lena gives it up. So. Mm, interesting. Kako has changed hands so many times. <laughs> right? High turnover at a large multinational it's, company yeah. like that isn't a good sign mm. for its longevity. So. And speaking of other characters coming to Kako, we have Stas Nair who's playing reporter William Day, who's an original character that the writers came up with. Yes, so like Alex, who is the only other like totally original character. Or is Nia too? Uh, Technically. <laughs> There's Nuranol. They sort of tied it into a character who exists in the comics. She is like an, an original character, but connected to another character. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this is like a totally original <laughs> human character, <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> yes. He will obviously be a reporter. He's like a cynic and a foil for Kara. So that'll be interesting. Yay. And then so with regard to season five itself, we didn't find out very much. And <laughs> part of that might be deliberate because so much of it, I think, is going to be interconnected with like leading into the crossover, maybe. Also, mm. the effects of the crossover afterwards apparently changed dynamics and stuff. Yeah, so it didn't even seem like the cast yeah. had a very good <laughs> sense of what to do. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it was it got to the point where they would go to interviews and partly because they were such a large group and partly because they really <laughs> couldn't say anything, they would like change the subject. Some of those interviewers, like, God bless, they maybe got like yeah. an answer and, and a half of real information yeah. and that was it. <laughs> yeah. The two biggest things we learned were that Melissa is getting a new Supergirl yeah. suit mm -hmm for this season, which the comic girl you commented about having to learn how to redraw the suit. Oh, I've already seen mistakes that I've made. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but in fairness, that very first picture, it was hard to see all the details in it. This is true. Now we have beautiful high-res photos that I can just stare at for a while. <laughs> yes. And actually, those made me like it mm -hmm. more than I did initially. I was like, oh, it is the right shade of blue. Okay. <laughs> you and I will miss the skirt, though. Comic girl. I mean, I liked it, too, because it was very, A, classic and it also is reminiscent of a lot of like women's athletic uniforms from different yeah. sports. Mm -hmm. It was also very car, which is something that Melissa said. But I do totally understand though yes. her enthusiasm about being able to kick things without worrying about the camera angles. Yes. And as much as I do love the original costume, I'm a person who is cold all the time, no matter the weather. <laughs> so I can't imagine like four years now up in Vancouver with 
like skirt and tights. Yeah. So, but of the tidbits we did learn about season five from the trailer and also a couple comments from the cast and the showrunners, there is a theme, which Cycles is a fan of themes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. This season's going to be about technology and how it impacts us as people. And particularly, they said a lot how people use it to escape from their real lives and like what's going on in the world. And that's sort of how they're using it to connect back to season four and what they dealt with in that season and the social commentary that we saw. So we'll see villains also use technology against the people and the heroes sort of play that role of trying to bring them back. And we'll also apparently see technology as an obstacle for relationships. And the writer said that this season will be a lot more focused on relationships and is a more personal season. So that should be interesting. I sincerely hope that means relationships beyond romantic <laughs> ones, because the last time they did that, it was a mistake. Yeah. Although it is under different hands. So like... So far... The most we've seen is a friendship relationship between Kara and Lena. So there's that. Obviously, we do have two new romantic relationships. So we'll have to see what the balance is and how they manage it this sort of second time around. So that sort of wraps up some of the bigger news from Comic-Con. There were lots of little tidbits. And I thought something that would be fun to do would be to play a super real Supergirl spoilers lightning round. <laughs> oh, boy. Bringing back the super real Supergirl spoilers oh boy <laughs> some context in season three we created a sort of little bracket kind of mimicking like the march madness basketball tournament brackets that you see in the states mm -hmm. little competition where people came up with fake spoilers and people voted on their favorites we did it to sort of highlight how many fake spoilers were circulating <laughs> at the time and to like make a commentary like check your sources <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was Cyclone Rachel. Yes. Who won with a fake spoiler about crypto showing up in the pod. <sighs> yeah. Good job. Good job. So this game, you'll be determining which spoilers are real and which are fake. So super real or super fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Comic Girl, I'll have you go first. Oh, no. No hints. <laughs> and there are definitely trick questions. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> uh -oh. All right. Uh. We'll ease you in with sort of a simple one. Okay. The time jump for this year is three months from the last episode. Oh, I'm going to say that is real? Vivi? I don't think anyone has said. You're both wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great. They did. Oh, they did. Only one month. Oh. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense then. I was wondering what they were going to do about that because the end of the season finale was Kara kind of resolving that she needed to tell Lena once things calmed down a little bit. And I was like, if they do like a six month time jump and she still doesn't know, that's weird. It's a lot of time to dwell. Oh, I wonder if that means then we'll get a time jump after the crossover because they usually mm. try to keep up with real that's time. That's why I kind of was like, oh, the three months, that's, that kind of sounds like the summer break, right? <laughs> <laughs> the next totally real Supergirl spoiler Kelly has a relationship with the new owner of Kako, which will put Kelly in huge danger later in the season. I, I think that's fake. Vivi? I think that's true because you're using the word relationship vaguely. I sure am. <laughs> Correct. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kelly is going to be working at Obsidian Tech, which the new owner of Kako also owns. Interesting. Mm. If nothing else, even though I'm losing this game, I'm learning new things. So it's great. <laughs> yes, that's the goal. <laughs> that's a very Kara way of looking at it. 
Knowledge. Okay. Also, later on in the season, we will see Alex grow more anxious to have a kid. Uh, that that sounds. Alex and anxiety go together. That sounds real. Vivi. That tracks, but I don't know. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> Eventually, it will be true. <laughs> the answer is no. Ugh. Tyler said that Alex is not trying to force anything right away. <laughs> Good. That's good. <laughs> so the next one is still hiding her anger with Kara and focusing all her energy on fixing the world with her creations. Ooh. Luna is the one who makes Supergirl suit. Uh, uh huh. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'll go uh, fake. Maybe. I think her suit is dropped out of the hologram <laughs> and just appears. <laughs> yeah, sure. When just sends it from the future, he just knows somehow yeah. because he's restored history <laughs> and it mm-hmm. appears. So the answer is we don't know how she gets her suit yet. But I do think we can rule this possibility out, if only because Katie brought up how she was the first one to give Melissa pants. So I feel like if she had actually made the suit, she wouldn't feel like she needed to bring that up that she was the first one true it will be really sad if it wasn't win though because he made Kara's, alex's and james's no yeah the sadness oh. maybe that's why he's coming yeah. back later in the season hey did you get the suit i sent you <laughs> he'll upgrade it further <laughs> okay so the next one is that melissa benoist has already directed a scene with sean um featuring a little girl and special effects uh, I feel like I heard something about that. If she didn't direct it, she shadowed, I think. But I don't know what that makes my answer, though. <laughs> there are trick questions, so it is a yes or no. <laughs> oh, darn. Okay. Uh, uh, no, because semantics. <laughs> uh, yes. I think that one was true. It depends on the wording, though. I'm so mean because it is true. <gasps> yes. Um, oh, man. <laughs> so the next one is that Katie teased that the Super Friends will play a virtual reality game at game night, but that something goes wrong. <sighs> I hope it's true. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go real because I want it to be real. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, Sure. Sounds like a follow up to charades where we <laughs> cheated. Uh, a classic scene. <laughs> Very unfortunately is not real oh uh, yeah the disappointment <laughs> but if i were allowed to picture it i would <laughs> i didn't think it was necessarily real because katie said something in an interview about how she doesn't even tell her mom spoilers uh, i remember that part now great <laughs> the next one is that brainy and nia are not together at the start of the season oh i uh, i'm gonna say fake <laughs> i think also fake this is a trick question or was it ambiguous oh it's too late oh. <laughs> as soon as you said that i was like oh they didn't really say well according to jesse brainy thinks that they're like together together because he's like 100 oh. percent on one end of the spectrum or the other but so they might be like dating as opposed to like together i think there will be some conflict happening mm-hmm. oh so it'll kind of be like a follow-up to in season four where nia thought they were on a date and brainy didn't but the reverse yeah, something like that. It, it tracks for their relationship. <laughs> it does. Uh, the next is that Jean is getting a love interest who will be somewhat musical. I, I feel like that's fake. <laughs> really? 
My brain just went straight to Jean and the Music Meister. Interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're hinting at, obviously. <laughs> that's totally where it's going to go. Um, I also think that's fake. You are both correct. Yeah. All right. Like the one interview I watched, I guess. <laughs> yeah, David said that he would really like, like, after all the angst that Jean has been experiencing, for him to have a nice, like, love interest. And I am on the same page. And I would like her to be musical. <laughs> <laughs> so these fake ones are like things you would prefer to see in the show. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, the next one is that Nia makes at least one phone call to Kara, freaking out because Kara should be at Kako. I'm gonna say real. <laughs> Plausible. <laughs> Hopefully, they're all plausible. I mean, they are. I was like, mm, interesting. <laughs> However, I don't think that's true. And Common Girl is correct. It is true. No, <gasps> I'm shocked. I've been fooled. <laughs> it's because something is going down with relation to the villain, and not necessarily because people notice that Car isn't there. Interesting. Hmm. Well, I just know since there's new people in Catco, so like they aren't all up to speed with like. Yeah, haha, ha, up to super speed. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that could happen. Car yeah. uh, spends less time as a reporter so far this season. I feel like that's fake. That better be a lie. <laughs> we are in luck. Uh, <laughs> Not as far as we know. Melissa said that she thinks that the fact that the pen can be mightier than the cape is really apparent to Cora now more than ever. And that sort of silly not to continue to show her to be a mm. reporter. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and the next one is that Brainy and Nia spend more time superheroing together and he considers leaving the DEO in order to be able to devote like 100% of his attention to sort of figuring out his relationship with her. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> That, oh, it's so it's so hard because it's like uh, that feels like a very brainy reaction. I'll go real, <laughs> maybe. Ah, uh, hmm. I'm gonna go with fake, just because then that would leave Alex at the DEO with no one. Mm, that's a good point. Exactly correct, Vivi. Oh. <laughs> Alex and Brainy. That's I just made that up, and also. <laughs> Alex and Brainy do share some scenes in the next episode. And Brainy and Nia, their situation's kind of complicated. Their situation's a Facebook status. <laughs> it's complicated. And the next one is the writer of Crisis on Infinite Earths comic is going to write a portion of the crossover. Oh, no. I feel like I should know this one. Ah. <laughs> uh. I don't know who wrote it. So. <laughs> oh, well. I have not seen anything, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm gonna say fake. <laughs> I'm also going to say fake. It's true. <gasps> I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> uh, Jesse Rock said that Marvel Wolfman was going to write the first episode, but he sort of seemed less sure about that specific. <clears throat> oh, I have failed. <laughs> <laughs> and the last spoiler is that Kelly Olsen is watching us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can, can you define what that no. means? <laughs> I remember no hints. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I've forgotten the rules. Um, I'm going to say fake because it sounds really ominous and I hope it's not true. <laughs> Vivi? Hmm. Now I'm just picturing it and it's entertaining. I'm going to say 
true. Vivi is correct. <sighs> of course. Kelly Olson is watching us. She's working at Obsidian North. There's going to be some interesting stuff involving like tech that you think is good for people and will protect them and like monitoring. And that is the vague reference I was making there. <laughs> That's also very curious. And I wonder if that will tie to the crossover somehow, given the mm-hmm. issue with like the monitor and the anti-monitor and the whole Leviathan thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we also know that Kelly is going to be in danger in relation to Obsidian later on in the season, Mm. like after the crossover. So we'll have to see how this all works out. Interesting. (sighs) And speaking actually of the things that they dropped at the end of season four, they really didn't mention all that much about Leviathan at all. Yeah. Mm. That's one of the things that was very like, we're going to keep this a mystery. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm actually kind of okay with because ever since the show running team changed hands, they've done a really nice job of keeping up the momentum episode to episode by having those little things that leave like a question lingering in your mind. Mm -hmm. Like they kind of had that almost like horror (laughs) movie-esque development with Sam and Rain (laughs) early on in season season three and then this season they also had kind of like a we'll leave off and then pick up right away with something from the previous episode so that could be a good strategy for kind of hooking things together well they said that it's going to be kind of like red daughter and that there are hints at it over the course of the season that come to a head later on Mm. Mm-hmm. I should say, technically, you got maybe three correct as a team, <laughs> something like that. In my heart, you guys won the game. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Alrighty. So thank you, Comicer Girl, so much for joining us. This was lovely. Thank you for having me. It's so much fun. We are very happy to have you. <laughs> and you can stay tuned for the announcement of what our next hiatus topic will be. And you can always message us on Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram at Supergirls Attic. And if if you want to check out some of Comica Girl's super adorable, <laughs> super fam sketches, I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, if you want to check out my Supergirl related art, you can find me by just searching my username Comica Girl on pretty much all the, the major social media sites, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Yeah, and you should because they're lovely yes. and adorable. Well, thank you. <laughs> So once again, thank you, Comic Girl, for joining us. And thank you, listeners, for listening.